talk. I gotta tell what I feel. I gotta talk about my life as I see it. Biggie. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the KIRP Radio Show. Sunday, man, it's time to do that thing that we do again called the KRP Radio Show with your host, yours truly, P. They call me Pudgy, they call me Altarit, they call me Mr. Miller. Some of them call me, uh, well, I won't tell you what they call me, but you can imagine 
what they call me out there with some of the stance and some of the views that I have. But you know what it is, what it is, man. It's time to exalt and do what we do best, man. And you know we always hold it down. So we definitely give God praise and we give God thanks for being here tonight. Shout out to everybody out there on the West Coast, man. Got a lot of new West Coast listeners out there. A lot of comments from people on the West. And I definitely appreciate you guys for always calling in, always sending a lot of email. We get a lot of email from the West Side. So, you know, shout out to all my people out there in L.A. and otherwise on the West Coast. Also, got to send a B.I.G. shout out to my people's. Uh, on the East Coast, especially the Southeast, as you guys keep me the number one black conservative talk radio show online, Southeast in the United States. Almost six million listeners, man. We are so very close to the count. I mean, we are in single digits to the count of six million listeners, and uh, that's a blessing. It's definitely a blessing to me. So, you know, you guys you guys are the ones that do that for us, man. You guys are the ones that, that keep us relevant, uh, talking about the topics and uh, you know, just commenting on different various blogs with us and this, that, and the other. And I definitely appreciate the love that we get. Uh, you know, last week's show was uh, it was very unique. It was uh, we had a we had a lot of uh, commentary about last week's show um, as we tackled a, a variation of our topics. But this week we have something even more special. Um, we're going to bring on a special guest tonight by the name of uh, Stephen Broden, Stephen Broden, excuse me. Uh, and, and I'll go over his attributes here later. But, you know, you guys check him out, Wikipedia, uh, Google him. He's an amazing guy. Pastor, pardon me, Pastor Stephen Broden. And uh, what what an amazing guy. We're definitely blessed to have him with us tonight. We'll have him on in, in about 10 minutes um, as soon as my producers get him a call, and we'll, we'll get him on the air here real soon. Um, also got to give a shout-out to my man Kevin Daniels, man, president of the Frederick Douglass Foundation in North Carolina. You guys know we are pro-life if we ain't nothing else. Uh, we're definitely believers of God and Jesus Christ we serve. But, uh, you know, shout-out to my man Kevin Daniels, man. Uh, today he uh, he was uh, ordained a deacon today. So B.I.G. shout-out to Deacon Daniels, president of the Frederick Douglass Foundation. Uh, and, and I think that's a huge deal, man. I think it's a huge thing, especially when you go through the steps, not taking anything away from anybody, but when you go through the steps of preparation. And uh, definitely shout-out to Bishop Pfeiffer, his overseer, his pastor, uh, Bishop Pfeiffer, who prepared him, 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 and others, uh, as they were also ordained today or uplifted today, and um, you know, I, I think it's a special thing when you can, when you, when you're defined uh, in the church and, and defined in doing God's word and defined in doing God's will. I think it's a special place, special place, and a privilege, and uh, you know, quite the achievement. You know, it, it's not being a deacon or, or holding any office in the church to me. To me now, this is me talking. This is Pudgy. I, I got my own opinion. You have yours, I'm sure. But to me, when you hold a position in the church, um, there's a sense of of uh, man. I can't even I can't even word it properly, but I'll just say responsibility that goes along with that. Because not only do you do you do you represent your church, but you're supposed to be true representatives of God. And you guys know if you listen to the show, I'm always talking about, you know, how our elected officials are supposed to represent us, supposed to best represent the people uh, in their in their governor body or, you know, in their area or, you know, whatever their, their districts are or, or what may have you. But um, I'm always talking about legislators. So, you know, when you hold a position in the church, you're somewhat of a legislator for God. You you are carrying out God's word. You're carrying out doing the will of God. And, and you being a, a messenger, 
you know, your ministry should be only Christ and exalting his name and bringing people to God in, in, in true word and, uh, you know, help delivering people. You know, there's a lot going on out here, man. There's a lot of people that need a lot of delivering. I feel like I know that I need a lot of delivering from a lot of things and possibly a lot of people, um, maybe a lot of ideals as well. But, you know, I, I just think it's a beautiful thing to be able to hold a position in the church and do the will of God and serve and, you know, not only serve God, but serve the people as well and, you know, kind of bring people in. So, you know, shout out to Kevin Daniels, man. I didn't mean to go on a tangent on that, but definitely want to show that, brother. And you all, you know, who are listening that hold positions in the body of Christ, uh, a lot of love as well, man, because it's not easy. You're always getting attacked, especially in today's day and time, because let's face it, man, I, I don't know where you guys sit. And I don't know what you guys see and, and how you guys feel about things, things like that. But I just got to keep it funky and keep it 100. You know, the body of Christ is being attacked. And I know that we have a lot of listeners who believe a lot of different things. But, you know, it's my show. This is what I believe in. This is how I'm kicking it right now. If you don't like it, we can talk about it. But I think that the body of Christ is being attacked in this nation for which it stands um, if you look around and you look at even some of the policies that are imposed today and, and, and also back to legislation and just the way that people think and just if you listen to some of the conversations that go on outside of you, just around you, you know, I challenge you guys to walk through a store and just listen to what you hear. And I did that just a few minutes ago and I, when I was thinking about this originally, I was sitting in the car while my wife was in the store. So I just sat there for a minute. I was going to get out and go in with her, but I just sat there for a minute. And I just listened to all the things that were going on around me and all the people and all the conversations they had going on, not being nosy, but just being observant uh, of my surroundings and, and really locking in, really paying attention. Shout out to Algernon Cash with the lock-in movement, locked-in movement. But, you know, I was really taking my time sitting down in, in, in the car, and I was just listening to the things that people around me were saying and and the way that they felt and i was looking at people's faces you know as they were talking to whoever they were talking about or whatever they were talking about or whatever they were expressing whether it was you know laugh giggles and camaraderie or just a phone conversation out loud or at a gas pump or whatever you know just looking at people today it seems like to me that a lot of people are angry i mean just if you listen to this show sometime you might feel like i'm angry angry but I'm not angry per se. I just feel like there's a message, and I'm real passionate about my message. I'm real passionate about passionate about being a pro Christ individual and and living on the principles as a whole. You know, not just partly, but as a whole. And even the things that I fail at, I often realize that hey, you know, you got to tighten up, P. You got to chill. You know, I posted on my blog the other day. You got to be in tune with yourself so you can tell yourself when to relax, when to chill, when to stop, or when to keep going. You know, and you won't do that until you sit back. You you, you definitely got to be in prayer. You definitely got to live in prayer. But you got to sit back, take a deep breath, and understand what's going on around you and understand yourself. You got to look in that mirror and just be truthful about what's going on around you, be truthful about what's going on in your life, and definitely be truthful with yourself for how you stand and how other people see you. Because, you know, we can beat people in the head with the gospel. We can beat people in the head with the word on and on and on and on and on. We can talk about it all day. We can go through the Bible from front to back and tell people, hey, you're supposed to live like this. You're supposed to do that. But the fact of the matter is people aren't trying to hear that all the time. You know, they're just not. You know, in the physical, 
um, you know, we're born in flesh, so in the physical, there's a lot of people going through a lot of different things that they don't see. They don't see spiritual. You know, they just see those things that they're going through as something that's going on in my life right now. Uh, you know, something at work. It's just a work-related problem, or this is just a relationship problem. Nine times out of ten, the problems that people have, they don't see them being physical. I'm sorry, they don't see them being spiritual. They just see them for the way that they are in the physical. So, you know, not a lot of times people aren't really trying to hear that, or as they say, if they're not trying to hear that noise. So I'm sitting in the car, going back to my original story, I'm sitting in the car, and I'm listening to this woman, and, you know, she was on the phone, but her conversation overshadowed everything, and she wasn't very loud. I was just locked in, and I didn't even have my windows down, but I was just locked in in what she was saying, because looking at her face, she appeared to be so angry. And, I mean, this this only went on for a short amount of time. I'm talking less than, you know, two to three minutes at max. But she seemed so angry. And the words that she used and the phrases that she used and the, her demeanor and, you know, her facial expression was so perplexed. And, you know, she just, she really seemed very angry. And, and taking the way that she looked in, into account with the things that she was saying, I know she was definitely angry about something, but it was really... To me, reading it to her was really more disappointment. You know, she was disappointed about something. I don't really know what the conversation was about. She used a few choice words that let me know that that confirmed the look that was on her face, that, yes, she was angry. I don't know if she was angry about the gas price or, you know, something that was going on in her life. But, you know, like I said, a few a few choice words that she used let me know definitely that she was angry. And the fact of the matter is, if you look around this country, folks, no matter where you are, whether you're at work, even sometimes in church, you know, anywhere you go, everywhere you go, you always see people that are angry. And I think as believers in Christ, we have to do our part in letting people know that, you know, hey, it, it, it can be okay. See, I don't I don't get caught up in the, in the lingo of saying it's going to be all right because I don't know if it's going to be all right for you. I don't know what the calling is over your life. I don't know what the passage is for you. I don't know if you're going to die today or tomorrow, or maybe you're going to lose a loved one. So I'm not going to be the one responsible for saying that, hey, it's going to be all right. All I can tell you is that it can be all right. And and hopefully you'll be led to, you know, the word of Christ where it can comfort you in whatever you're going through. And that will make it all right for you. Not me and what I'm saying. What I'm saying ain't going to make you all right. What I'm trying to tell people, that ain't going to make you all right. It might enlighten you a little bit. Hopefully I can sway people towards Christ. But what I tell you, what I do for you, that can't be the end-all, be-all. Only Christ can be the end-all, be-all for people. So as believers in Christ, as, as supporters, as disciples, as ministers, teachers, preachers, whatever we are, as those individuals in Christ, no matter how much we mess up, don't be afraid to say hallelujah. Don't be afraid to, to go out there and witness. Don't be afraid to talk to people about what's beneficial and what's right in their life and according to God's law. According to, you know, the saying of God, the belief in Jesus, you know, don't be afraid to lead people that way, man, because you can't go wrong. If you're really all in for Christ, if you're really all in for this, you can't be wrong about going out and telling people, you know, that, hey, things can be better for you. I know you might be let down. I know this person might have let you down, but things can be better for you. So all you got to do is hang on, man, and look, be encouraged. Look into the word, you know, believe with all your heart and seek Christ, seek God and everything can be all right in your life. That should be the message. Shout out to everybody out there who just listened to the show, man. 619-638-8559. We're going to go to a string of commercials. When we come back, 
we're going to have our special guest on the show, uh, Pastor Stephen Broden, is going to come on, and we're going to ask him a few choice questions about uh, Christianity in America, Christianity going forth in the future, and uh, just, you know, we're going to chop it up with him, man. I'm sure he's got a lot of knowledge. He's always dropping knowledge on folks. If you guys haven't Googled him, check him out. Hey, you're listening to the number one black conservative talk radio show, Southeastern United States, the KIRP radio show with your host, yours truly. Check me out on Twitter at NC Pudgy. You can also check out the show at KIRP radio show. We're also on Facebook, folks. It's facebook.com backslash KIRP radio show. You're rocking with the number one, baby. There's no other. We are the number one, and we do a B.I.G. Shout out to my people out there. I love being a black father, man. That's our nonprofit. Rashad Woods, what it do? We'll be right back after these messages, folks. You rocking with me? Yeah. Let's go. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. I believe you can tell a lot about our governor and lieutenant governor by the way they lead our state. We have great challenges facing us and need strong, courageous, visionary leadership to see us through. I'm Dan Forrest, conservative candidate for North Carolina lieutenant governor. As an architect, senior partner, and office president, for the state's largest design firm, I was accustomed to solving complex problems for my clients. Architects are creative problem solvers, and that's what we need more of in Raleigh. And we need more business leaders, not more politicians. Over the past 10 months, I've visited the majority of the counties in North Carolina multiple times. I've traveled over 80,000 miles, listened to thousands of North Carolinians share their solutions to the challenges we face. Did you know North Carolina ranks 41st in the nation in K-12 education? 36th in graduation rate, 43rd in unemployment, 38th in business tax climate, 42nd in illegal immigration. This is just not acceptable. I believe it's time to look at the failed policies of our current governor and lieutenant governor and demand real leadership for North Carolina. As your next lieutenant governor, I will tackle these issues head on and provide the strong, courageous, visionary leadership needed to lead our state through these challenging times. Over the next few months, I'll be sharing solutions to these challenges, and I hope you will take the time to share them with your friends and family and give me your feedback. I believe we can turn America around, and I believe we should start right here in North Carolina. I'm Dan Forrest, conservative candidate for North Carolina Lieutenant Governor, and I ask for your support. K-I-R-P Radio! Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Wee! Wee, wee, wee! 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 
their home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15%. Remember this number, 9.8. That's not the time on the shot clock or the seconds left in the game. It's not the number of times I will light you up. Nah, 9.8 isn't any of that. It's ounces. And that makes this the lightest ever. To the KYRP radio show Again, number one Southeastern United States, baby Six million out here, man We doing some big things out here But we definitely want to exalt God's name We can't do it without him We can definitely not do it without Jesus Christ's support Jesus Christ's help And definitely Jesus Christ's goddess Because without him, we are nothing um, Right now, I'm not going to waste any more time And I'm going to bring on a very special guest That we have for this evening And, uh, you know, you guys his list of accolades go on. It's unbelievable, actually. But I, one thing that I particularly love, and that's something that's dear to my heart, is his political work and his pro-life work. And uh, there's no other, folks. Welcome to the show, uh, Pastor Stephen Broden. How are you, Pastor Broden? Well, it's good to be with you this evening. It's definitely good to have you on the show. And uh, there's a lot of people listening out here. People were excited that I could bring you on. This is a this is a huge pro-life. Uh, support show. You know, there's a lot of people in the pro-life community that definitely supports the show. So I know that if there are folks out there that are listening that are waiting to hear uh, from the great Pastor Broden. <laughs> well, from your humble servant. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Broden, what, uh, you know, just I'm going to get down to the point here. You know, we, with the topic of the show this evening is about Christianity and tomorrow, basically, to sum it all up. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the country. People with a lot of radical beliefs, I want to say. And uh, it, it seems like the media tries to throw in, not including me, of course, but the media tries to throw in uh, a radical service of Jesus Christ. And, you know, I, I just wanted to have somebody on the show that could give a feel for, you know, where we're headed and what we actually stand for outside of my own views, if you will. Well, I'm glad to contribute in any way to the conversation. Uh, it certainly is a conversation that needs to happen within the uh, community of faith. Uh, I think we're at a moment in the history of our nation where we need to be discerning what God is saying to us uh, in the midst of what is a tumultuous um, time uh, relative to our economy, relative to social issues, mm-hmm. um, and relative to our culture. Uh, I think we're in a, in the middle of a transformation, a transition, and the transition is away from the Judeo-Christian heritage that undergirds who we are as a nation mm-hmm. and has made one of the greatest nations on the planet Earth. We are turning our backs upon it as a nation. We have essentially kicked Jesus to the side, uh, what the kids say, kicked him to the curb, and we are embracing what I call doctrines of demons. Mm. Wow. 
that is uh <laughs> that's some that's some heavy understanding right there and it's like it seems like to me pastor Broden, that you know like you said kick definitely kick Jesus to the curve it seems like to me that once you say that I'm a believer in Christ and I, I don't mean see there's a lot of rhetoric there's a lot of talking uh, a, a lot of people that want to say uh, they believe in Jesus, but they don't want to stand for Jesus's word. They don't want to stand for the principles of Christ. And especially it seems like in this political season. And, you know, what have you seen out there that you feel like Christians should be aware of today? Well, again, I really believe we need to be in a, in a place of discernment. I, uh, many of us are distracted by so many things. If you remember the story between Martha, uh, Martha and Mary, uh, when Jesus came in, uh, Mary went right to Jesus' feet, and uh, Martha went right to work and trying to do some things, uh, what I call the tyranny of the urgency. And there is certainly, uh, in our country right now, there's a sense of urgency in that we are seeing uh, the kind of transition here that is very, very difficult, and it's going to be very chaotic. And so there are many of us who are in the faith, who are in the community of faith, who are engaged in trying to push back against this new idea that is coming among us. And we're we're trying to push back, but we're not discerning what God may be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and our challenge is to discern what God may be saying to us, what it is that he is doing so that we can adjust our lives and our work to be consistent or to be in concert with what we know he is doing. Mm. I think it was uh, Henry Blackaby that says, find out what God is doing and join him there. I don't mm. think we are at all paying attention to what God is doing. And I think uh, hopefully through this conversation tonight, we can start trying to put together the pieces of what we are seeing. Part of what we must do as believers is to discern the time. The men of Issachar studied the signs of the time to see mm-hmm. to see what was going on, and and we have to do that. Um, uh, we can certainly talk about uh, many of the social issues that are going on around us. The economy is in bad shape. We see a titanic clash of two worldviews. The Christian worldview is in conflict with the human secular worldview, which is informed by humanism, secularism, communism, socialism, and Marxism. And above all, Darwinism and all those isms, all those isms are anti-God systems. Those are the the doctrines of demons that are influencing our culture today. And many who are in our government are embracing those doctrines and attempting to force, if you will, that doctrine mm-hmm. upon us. And uh, and a lot of the resistance that we see right now is coming primarily from the community of faith, but not exclusively from the community of faith. And even sure. in the community of faith because of this evil thing called political correctness. Political correctness in churches have trumped biblical correctness and certainly has cast aside C.C. constitutional correctness. So C.C. has trumped B.C. and C.C. and our culture is trumped. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Pastor Broden, what, uh, what, you mentioned Darwinism in there, and uh, you know I'm definitely abreast of what, what you mean and what you're saying about Darwinism, but if you will, could you explain what uh, how Darwinism is affecting us today, uh, briefly, the best you can? Uh, certainly, uh, Darwinism starts with the idea that we have evolved, that, mm-hmm. that uh, we evolved for thousands and thousands, hundreds of millions and millions and billions of years. It rained on a rock, 
and a piece of germ jumped off that rock and became our great-great-great-great-great-grandfather. And out of him came, you know, monkeys, and out of monkeys came human beings. And, and all of it started with raining on a rock. And it's absolutely a, a, a fallacy, a fantasy uh, that, that, that that concept has come up with. But nonetheless, because Darwin believes that we're evolving, most who are Darwinists believe that we are evolving and becoming better and better and better. And that man is, is ultimately going to become something bigger and better. And because there is no divine beginning and that man is is the ultimate in the universe or in the universe that is called Earth today, that we're the ultimate, that we can indeed engineer, structure, and do whatever we want because ultimately we determine what is right and what is wrong. Morality mm-hmm. is a concept that is sourced in man. And it's and it's a, an ugly idea. And out of Darwinism comes eugenics. And eugenics simply says this. Darwinism says this, uh, that the, the uh, natural, the essence of evolution is natural selection. And eugenicist says this, the essence of uh, eugenics is the premeditated artificial selection of of human beings, meaning that we determine the quality of life and what is good and what is bad, and we facilitate its growth and its development. And that's called positive eugenics. Mm-hmm. Negative eugenics or hysgenics is that you get rid of everything else that does not have the quality that you deem necessary. For example, like black folks are on what is called a dysgenics uh, 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 program. Programs and right. get rid of because we don't have the quality of uh, characteristics that they deem appropriate for going forward in a evolutionary process that's being engineered by them, that the power elite. That's where we are. Darwinism is an evil, evil substitute mm-hmm. to God's creative process. And and if Darwinism is correct, and it's not. It simply says that man is the ultimate entity and the ultimate designer and that he can, in fact, design or facilitate evolution through dysgenics and eugenics. Man, that's heavy out there. I hope people are taking notes to that because, you know, Pastor Roden, I try for the life of me to break that down into simple terms and to make people understand, well, to help people, not make them, but I try to help people understand where we are today in according to Darwin's theory with this Darwinism and and this the especially where the black community is, let's just face it. We are in the midst of a plan. Right now, you know, our our communities are facing uh or or we're in the midst of years and years and years of agenda driven plans for us because like you said, we don't fit the model. And it's and it's hard to make people understand that it's going to take us on our own, on our independent and our interdependence within a community, not just for self, but interdependence in a community to escape was what I feel like is inevitable by the powers that be. So right now, if you look at some of the things that we're facing uh, financially, do you feel like th- those things are tied hand in hand with um, Darwinism and Darwin's theory? I think there's a nexus between all of the things that we've sort of uh, alluded to uh, this evening. 
But but let me just sort of uh, give a, a a caveat here, and that is that I believe that what's that there is in fact, and I think you use the word engineer. There is a in fact an attempt to engineer a specific kind of design for culture, for society, and for mankind. I honestly believe that we're moving towards one world government. In order sure. to get to one world government, we have got to destroy or marginalize and negate the constitution of this great land. The constitution is a document that defends and protects our individual liberties that are unalienable rights that Thomas Jefferson referred to in the Declaration of Independence when he says we hold these truths to be self-evident, that Mm -hmm. all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights among them. Among them, I like to stop there because he is making reference to the many, many rights that God has given to us as as his creation. Among them is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, and then it goes on to say this, that governments are instituted in order to, uh, uh, oh, wait a minute, governments derive their powers from the consent of the government. That is, uh, the government is, is instituted and put in place for the purpose of protecting those unalienable rights that God has given to us. Then Thomas says this, he says that when governments become destructive to that end, it is the right of the governed to alter or abolish it. That is the government when the government becomes destructive to that end. However, we here in America have so capitulated and abdicated our stewardship responsibility over those uh, those rights that we have allowed the government to determine and to interpret the Constitution, and they have interpreted against us. We are right now under uh, a plethora of unconstitutional acts that have been directed towards robbing us of our liberty, starting with the Patriot Act and Mm -hmm. moving to the National Defense Authorization Act. All of these things are designed to marginalize, negate, and to remove the Constitution as the one instrument that keeps our government under check and in control. We are moving towards one world government. I submit to you tonight that the economic crises that we're facing in America today with $16 trillion debt is a contrived problem, a contrived problem. It is created in order to create the chaos required required in order to change this nation. It takes a crisis in order to change it. You've heard of uh, the theory of um, uh, Cloward and Piven, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howard and Piven's theory of orchestrated or manufactured crises mm-hmm. They believe out of crises come change You have order, chaos, and then new order mm-hmm. In order to create chaos in America, how can you do it? The best way to do it is to disrupt its, economic, its economy To disrupt its economic base And I'm telling you, we used to call this back in the hood Where I was growing up back many, many years ago when one of the sisters got upset with the brother who was going out and cheating on her, uh-huh. when she would go get some sugar and she put it in his <laughs> tank of the car. Yeah. But I submit to you somebody's putting sugar in the economic tank of America. Ooh. Wow. And I believe it's the cultural Marxists and the progressive liberals who are attempting to destroy this nation in order to destroy our our, our founding documents in order for us to go towards one World government. Ooh. Ooh. On the air with uh, 
former congressional candidate, also uh, <laughs> professor, former professor. I don't know if he's still a professor today, businessman, commentator, you name it, pro-life uh, representative and pastor, first and foremost, Stephen Broden, Stephen Broden, excuse me. Uh, pastor Broden, how do we make this real to a community of people? Because, you know, I, I, man, I, I go places, sir, excuse me, I go places and speak near and far, and, man, I, I'm in touch with the community. I'm in touch with the hood. I'm still there. I'm in there, out of there. We're feeding people. We're, you know, my partners and I, my group and I, we, we do it, man. We're out there, and we're interacting with people. So I don't get that, quote, unquote, you're Uncle Tom, you're this, you're that, and the third. And I hold the exact same views that you hold because I'm just not crazy. I see this stuff for what it is. And uh, I'm a business professional as well, so, you know, I'm pretty good with numbers. So how do we make this real for a community of people? Because let's face it, you got health care, which regular folks feel like. This is the this is what we need. This is exactly what we need. We need a a government who can't even run a post office, who ran a post office into the ground. We need them, you know, nine trillion dollars in debt. I'm I'm trying to figure how these folks are going to run healthcare. But anyway, I'm 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 done with that argument. I'm just saying, how do we make this real for people who think that the healthcare is is what we need? A, a government run healthcare, excuse me. Uh, who don't believe eugenics is real, and and who have who has a a, a Man, I, I don't know, almost almost cult-like following for uh, a president like Barack Obama. Well, I, I think that's a very good question, and that question leads us right back to uh, my initial premise, is that we need to discern what God is doing. And I submit to you, my friend, that what we're experiencing is an, a, 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 an, a, a tremendous deception that's being uh, exercised over uh, the entire community, our community. And it's hard to talk to people who are operating under a deception. If you remember in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, the Bible says this, uh, and I'm quoting, it says, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty uh, deception according to the traditions of men and according to the elementary principles of the world rather than of Jesus Christ. We have allowed a deception of skin to deceive us of hearing the voice of God at this hour, at this morning. God is speaking to us. Notice the four things. Philosophy, mm-hmm. uh, empty deception. is not just deception, but it's empty deception. And I'm going I'm to point you to a scripture in Jeremiah that talks about the same thing. An empty deception, the traditions of men, and the elementary principles of the world juxtaposed to the will and purpose of Jesus Christ. Jesus has been kicked under the bus with the babies, along with the uh, euthanasia that is killing of old folks. They're under the bus. And now traditional marriage is thrown under the bus. And the community of faith in the black community, pastors, are not willing to stand up and declare, thus saith the Lord, concerning those issues. I submit to you it's because we have been fully deceived and you, the only way you can break deception is through gospel preaching, man. That's the only way you can break this deception that's hanging over our community. So the question is, how do we talk to them? We're going to have to talk to them in the same way that Elijah stood up and exploded on the pages of Scripture and stood before power. And he said to power two things, as the Lord lives and as I stand before him, no rain. Two things. 
as the Lord lived. He stood up and said, God is still alive. Mm-hmm. And the second answer to it was, how do you know? He says, because I stand before him every day. And God is getting ready to judge you because you have turned your back on your God. Mm. That's our role today. We are the prophetic voice of God, the salt and light agents of the kingdom of God in the public square declaring, thus saith the Lord. About what? There are five issues that I think that are on the board right now that we as a culture have turned our backs on. Mm-hmm. Number one is abortion. Number two is euthanasia. That is the uh, mercy killing and killing of old folks. Mm-hmm. And number three is embryonic stem cell research, where we're taking dead babies who've been aborted and pulling their stem cells from those bodies and using them for scientific experimentation. Human cloning. We are cloning in America today. Most folks don't know it, but we're cloning humans. Not only humans, but we're cloning our food. We're 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 eating cloned chickens right now. We're not eating sure. real chickens that. We're, that God created. We're eating something that's manufactured, man. And I know that sounds crazy, but I know that's no, exactly right now. And now, and number five, the fifth issue is the redefinition of marriage, and the church is silent on all five of these issues because they're playing political correctness, and they have thrown thusly at the Lord under the bus in order to embrace these doctrines of demons and these deceptive, empty deceptions that bring no value no results, no sustenance, but rather is destroying us as a nation and destroying who we are as a nation. And right now, I can't get my Tea Party friends and my 912 conservative friends and constitutional conservatives to recognize that we've got to deal with the social issues as much as we deal with the economy. We've mm-hmm. got to deal with both. We can't push one to the side. They're saying, well, those social issues are too divisive. You don't want to bring them. All the more reason to bring them up so that <laughs> God can use our voice to convict this nation of their sin and mm-hmm. call them to repentance. No one's calling this nation to the repentance. We have turned our backs on God. I submit to you tonight that the Christian consensus in, a marriage, in America is already gone. We're fighting as Christians for our rights to be Christians right now. As this administration has targeted Christians in this OHHS mandate in Obamacare and is going to force Christians to buy contraception, to buy uh, abortions for people, and guess what? Sterilization. They're going to be sterilizing people. This is population control at its worst. Absolutely. That's what we're with in America. And the first target, of course, is the black community and the ones who have been standing up and depending upon Barack Obama and the government. The government is about to turn on you like a vicious wolf. Hmm. KRP Radio Show, Pastor Stephen Broden and your boy Pudgy at Pudgy at NC Pudgy on Twitter. You can also hit us up 619-638-8559. If you got a comment, please hit number one. We'll try to get to you as soon as possible. Pastor Broden, going forward, um, I try to look ahead. I, I, I have small kids, so you know you, you gotta kind of try to prepare for the future the best you can uh, for the inevitable. You know, you try to prepare for braces and you know a, a whole a whole list of things. You just try to prepare and put some things away. Um, going forward. 10 years, let's let's say 12 years, uh, going forward 12 years, where do you see this country if something doesn't fundamentally change uh, on, the, on the social issues? Well, it's, it's, it's the social and the economic issues together. Or, or, yeah, I think they, they work, and yeah, fiscal. Uh, yeah, and uh, as you know, historically, yes, uh, what happened in they had uh, hit hyperinflation, where the cost of a loaf of bread was like a million dollars or something. Yeah. 
we're headed towards hyperinflation because Bernanke right now is printing money at forty to fifty billion dollars a month. And you know what that means. He's going to devaluate the dollar, and it's not going to be worth a nickel. So we're headed towards a, a major collapse. I, I read that it's somewhere that in the, the Fed said this, that it's going to be a collapse that will last more than three to six months. It may last four years. I think in the immediate terms, what you and other families who are aware of what's going on, you need to prepare yourself uh, as storing food, uh, you know, uh, beans and rice, putting toilet paper aside, getting you some water, mm-hmm. getting water filter systems, uh, get you something that uh, that you can cook on, a solar stove or something of that nature, so that you can make it through the crises if God doesn't come and rescue us through the, the trumpet and the rapture. I really mm-hmm. believe we're moving rapidly towards the inevitable and eventual return of Jesus Christ. That's where we're headed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in order for that to happen, America has to fall and we have to move towards one world government. I think we're close to falling to a collapse right now. I don't believe anybody can do anything about the $16 trillion debt. What can I don't do either. I, 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 I mean, frankly, I, I, I fundamentally don't think, I don't think there's anything at this point, sir. I don't think there's anything we can do about it right now. And I also think that, you know, because of legislation that has been passed in the last four years, four to eight years, let me be clear about that, from the last four to eight years, that we're going to be in more debt, and there's no way to duck that. There's no way to counter that because it's already in stone. So uh, the issue is that uh, what are the power elite attempting to do? Right. And I think you have to look at what they're doing, what their agenda is. And I think we had a picture from that from Francis Schaeffer. I don't know if you know that name at all. Francis Schaeffer was a um, was a Christian apologist and uh, someone who looked at the future and processed the future through the grid of his faith and was able to speak to where we are today back in the 70s and the 80s. And here's what he's dead now. He's gone. He's gone home to be with the Lord. But here's what Frankie's, what Francis Schaeffer said mm-hmm. in a book titled How Then Shall We Live? He asked and answered the question, what happens in America when the Christian consensus has been removed? And he answers the question, it will be replaced with a power elite who will arbitrarily determine what is right and what is wrong. That is a very dangerous thing because this power elite, they do not believe in absolutes. They believe in relativism. So what's right today is subject to change tomorrow with these people. And what they are pushing for, and if you hear it every now and then from, you remember, I don't know uh, if you were uh, old enough to remember when George Bush, uh, the first George Bush, stood at the uh, United Nations and says, what we're moving for is one world government. I don't yes, know sir. if you remember. Yes, sir. He I've said, seen clips of it, too. David Rockefeller, who mm-hmm. I think is the is the head, uh, he's old now and probably not as actively involved as he used to be, but David Rockefeller says, we will have one world government. Mm-hmm. He just made that just clear. He says, you, you people think that we're out here pushing for one world government? Let me tell you. He did not try to hide it. He says that's exactly what we're doing. That's what David mm-hmm. Rockefeller said. Yeah. Then just when Barack Obama was elected as president of the United States, and I got this clip on my computer, Henry Kissinger stood up and said, here is our best chance for one world government. Here is our best chance. So the power elite in America and across this world are pushing towards one world government. I think what we need to do as Christians we need to be praying for the body for the body of Christ. 
praying that God would protect us. God said in Isaiah chapter 3 and verse 10, he said, it will go well with the righteous, and, and they shall eat the fruit of their labor. That means we've got to work. We've got to go to work in order for the church, because the church is going to prevail. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. It's not going to prevail. Mm-hmm. But God will take us out of here. I am a pre-tribulational, pre-millennial believer in the Bible, and I believe that God says that the dead in Christ shall rise, and we who remain shall be caught up to meet him where? In the air yeah. when the trumpet sounds. So I've got my spiritual antenna up, <laughs> and I'm listening, for, I'm listening for the trumpet. I'm not so sure. If if Mr. Obama wins again, I think we move rapidly towards one world government. If Mitt Romney wins, we may we move incrementally and gradually towards it. But we're going there no matter what. Oof. Pastor Stephen Broden with his uh, spiritual antenna up as well. We got our spiritual antenna up too, brother, because I can't miss that. <laughs> yeah, you I'm can't miss that one. Raptor, sir. No, sir. We got to be on point with that. And, and that... You know, and that's part of that's part of the message that we have for people. You know, that that's part of the love that we have in in, in preaching or, or trying to teach what we know to be the truth um to people who either are unaccepting or who just don't want it. You know, it seems like today yes. yeah. folks just don't want it. And in no matter where you know, I was talking to a group of, 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 of pre not preachers, I was talking to a group of uh devout followers of Christianity, devout members and believers of Christ. And, uh, you know, they really had this this Barack Obama thing really drew a line between the beliefs that we, I thought we shared. Um, it's hard to, and this is how you know something's wrong here, because it's hard to even challenge President Obama with the principles that Christ teaches. Because people will say, hey, you know what? You know, this is politics, and, and Christ shouldn't believe, you know, Christ is not in this. You know, Jesus ain't in this. We're voting wow. on the president. Wow. And it's wow. amazing that I, I never thought there'd be a time where Christians would separate a thing in the in the flesh, a thing that we face, a political belief, from Jesus Christ. I never thought I would see that, and here we are in the middle of it. Well, I think that's, again, we need to be discerning of the times. That is a tremendous indicator of where this nation is spiritually. We are spiritually dead. I'm telling you, we're, it's, look, I don't know how old you are, but young people today don't even want to hear about Jesus. If you remember in the book of Judges, it says there came a generation mm-hmm. who did not know their God, didn't know him. Young people don't don't hear nothing about Jesus, don't want to hear about him, or they have seen so much mess in the church that it's a big turnoff for them. That The spiritual condition of our church is evident in, in the black community and how they respond to Mr. Obama and to uh, the principles of their faith. They have pushed their faith aside and have embraced uh, this man who is, by the way, I believe, a type of the Antichrist to, that is to come. Uh, and quite frankly, how this guy got the community so duped is amazing to me. But uh, it has to be an indicator to us of what's going on. But here, here's what I wanted to share, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of things in terms of the condition of the church. And I think what you're speaking to is where is the spiritual temperature? Where is the spiritual condition of the church? I think uh, we know that uh, judgment begins in the household of the faith. Yes, sir. I want to submit to you, I want to submit to you tonight that that has already been going on for the last 30 years. God has been judging the church. 
He has revealed to us false prophets. We feel to have men who are out there for themselves and, and making money. We had Ted Haggerty fall. He was a homosexual. Yeah. We had uh, um, Jimmy Swaggart fall. Jim and Tammy Baker have fallen. We have seen a lot of pastors, uh, black pastors, and here in the Dallas area, this uh, fall one after another from 1980s in the 1990s, and now still here in the 2000s. Judgment begins in the household of faith. Now that God has finished judging us, the church, now he turns his attention to the nation. And it's to the nation where judgment is taking place. In Jeremiah chapter 7, the Spirit of God falls upon Jeremiah. And the Lord says to him, he says, the Lord of hosts turns and he says, he says, amend your ways, talking to the nation of Judah, amend your ways and your deeds and I will let you dwell in the land. Do not trust in deceptive words. Do not trust in deceptive words. I submit to you we're living in a time of great deception. And and it goes on to further. I I won't read all of it. Uh, But he says here in the eighth verse of the same chapter, he says, Behold, you are trusting in deceptive words to no avail meaning it's not going to produce the results that you're hoping for. All these political lies and everything about entitlement, these entitlement programs are designed to enslave us and to produce a dependency in us on the government. Then the government will continue to define the relationship. Here's one that most people don't know about. I want to share with you, this is going to absolutely be disturbing to you. But right now in America, Sterilization has kicked back up again. We know that it used to happen in the 60s. They were sterilizing black people left and right. Mm -hmm. It's kicked back up, and it's kicked back up through this administration, through Barack Obama's uh, HHS mandate and Obamacare. Here's what's happening. Not only are they pushing contraception, and that's been most in the news, they're wanting women to have a right to control their reproductive, et cetera, and so forth. But right behind it is sterilization. I know we all heard about it, but no one has asked the question, why is the government pushing sterilization? Right now in Oregon, they are pushing sterilization for 15-year-old girls in Oregon. Right now. In Oregon, they're doing mercy killing already. They are leading people into what they call uh, uh, assisted suicide right Mm -hmm. now. And they're getting ready to take the model and the boilerplate, the template of Oregon, and to do it across the country. Here's what's going to happen. All of these black girls who are on government assistance, getting their Obama phones and Obama bucks, and uh, getting their EBTs and all that stuff, and swiping their EBT cards, they're going to call them into the office one day. And they're going to say, if you want to continue with your EBT and your government assistance program, you're going to have to be sterilized. And she said, no, I I don't want to be sterilized. Well, if you're not sterilized, you can't get your housing allowance, you can't get your food stamps, and you can't get your government assistance. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you want, government assistance or sterilization? This is where we're headed, man. We've been here before. This is not the first time we've been here. In the 1960s, same thing happened to those who were in rural areas across this country who were black. The government agents went in and said, okay, you want your government cheese and your government milk? You need to have, you need to be sterilized. And guess what? Bring your 10-year-old and 11-year-old girl in here, and we're going to sterilize them too. 
and they were dealing with ignorant people who didn't understand, and they sterilized them. Over 60,000 black women were sterilized in the 1960s. It's getting ready to go through the roof right now. We're living in an evil, draconian time, and most people aren't paying attention because they've lost their spiritual sensitivity, and they don't want to hear it. All they want is their subsidies, and he's giving me a job, he's giving me a house, he's giving me food, he's giving me something to eat. Yeah, how does a, a, a spider catch a fly? He builds a beautiful net, and it's so beautiful and attractive. The fly flies right in there, and you're <laughs> trapped. And I'm telling you, that's where we are. Nobody wants to hear this now. They say, that boy is, is talking, he's, on, he's an extreme, he's out on the lunatic fringe. Guess what? They said the same thing about Elijah. Yeah. Ran him out the city. I'm a, I, look, I'm the prophetic voice of God. I'm telling you, we are moving, and God has already forecast this. He's already said this is going to happen. Already said it. So this is not something I'm making up. It's right in the Bible. The Bible says when it comes time to end, men will be so lovers of themselves, lovers of money, and they won't pay attention to anything relative to the divine. And that's where we are. That's where we are. Pastor Stephen Broden, keeping it nothing but real right now for you folks out there. I, you know, Pastor Broden, that's like that's my ultimate fear. You know, I, I've been saying it for a while, and my my theory was, and I, I've only expressed it to a few people, but and I, I think I may have said it here a couple times. But my theory is that, um, according to the financial sector and the things that are going on and fiscally with this country, a lot of people will be put in the street because you know anybody who knows anything about. Uh, housing projects or, or anything that any program that the government has, they work by letters. Uh, they'll send you a letter to say, hey, it's time. I'm coming for an inspection. Clean up our house. Or we're coming to uh, change the locks. Uh, make sure you're there so we can get in our house. Or, or not even make sure you're there. We're coming. So when it's time to raise the rent, they also send letters that go, hey, you know, you're making $10 an hour now. We got to raise the rent 100%. When these budgets come out, because we are in a fiscal crisis, and, and whether folks want to believe it or not, I hear a lot of people talking about, oh, we're not in money trouble. They got money, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and and right. frankly, people just, they don't understand. That's, that's all I can say is they don't understand, they don't follow. It doesn't sink in for some odd reason. Um, but if you look at the cuts in the military and how quick they are to implement military action within the states, we've seen governors do it all the time. We saw it in New Orleans. We see it in storms over and over again. We'll probably see it if anything happens with Sandy, where the National Guard will be enacted very quick. So what I think will happen is, to make a long story short, these budgets will come out. They'll say to these folks who live in these government properties that we don't have the money to keep paying the amount that we pay. But, hey, you can pay if your rent goes up you know, 100%. You guys can live through that. You can stay here. That's going to put people on the street. And that's going to make people act up. So initially, it's going to be a curfew. And I, and I think that will be one side of what we're going to see. Because you know how America tries to do, you know, and you know how these elite are. They, they try, the government, excuse me, not America. I love my country, but I mean the government for which it stands. They always manipulate people. You know, we talk about Social Security. Social Security is going to always be around, but you may be 90, have to be 90 years old to get it, you know. So that's the way they do things. They they paint a they paint a picture as though everything's okay, but really, they, you know, they're taking something out the back door and killing you slowly all all the time. So you know what you just said in terms of sterilization, healthcare. That's my ultimate fear. And and when trying when you're trying to talk to people, 
and make them understand this thing uh, in in common, in layman's terms, it's difficult. And it, and it makes you depressed, man. And, and like you said, you know, people don't even want to hear Jesus, so you can't go that route, Harley. <laughs> you know, people don't want to hear but about that. that. that that's it, the only rough. way that they get set free. I mean, the only way to get set free is that God's going to have to set them free and take the blinders off. But, you know, there comes a time when, when God is through and he's done. And uh, I don't know where that is, where the cutoff point is, but we do know there is a cutoff point. I, I just shared with my congregation today, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3, or chapter 2, it says in there that we are that God always leads us in triumph. Uh, for, for some, we become a, a sweet aroma from salvation unto salvation. Then it says, for others, for those who are perishing. There's two groups of people. There's a group that's, being, that's going to perish. There's no question about it. God, God makes the offer, people reject, and you perish. That's where we're headed. We're headed to. But let me, let me just share this with you. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, back in the book of Jeremiah, which I think speaks to the condition of our, of our church, because I really believe that the salvation of America is in the church, and the church is more concerned about a 501c3 than they are yes. about preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus, or God says in Jeremiah chapter 23, and it's a powerful, God gave this back to me, gave this to me back in 2008, and I have not had a chance to preach it, but I've been preaching it for the last three weeks at my church. Uh, He's released (laughs) me to preach it. He says this, Woe to you shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pastures, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the shepherds who are tending to my sheep, you have scattered my flock and driven them away. And have not attended to them Behold I'm about to attend to you For the evil you have And your evil deeds Wow God's going to deal with these churches out there With these naming and claiming guys And and sow seeds into my ministry And God's going to bless you if you buy my book And buy my tapes And God's going to bless you And all these mega churches that are doing nothing In terms of sounding the alarm of, Of where we are on God's prophetic calendar Not even saying a word then he goes on to say in the same chapter, and I want you to look at write this down, Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 13 and 14. And I, it speaks to where we are right today, my friend. He says this, moreover, verse 13, moreover, the prophets of Samaria, I saw an offensive thing. They prophesied by Baal and lead my people astray. Mm. In 14, in 14, among also among the prophets of Jerusalem. I have seen a horrible thing, the committing of adultery and walking in falsehood. And they strengthen the hands of the evildoers so that they, uh, so that no one has turned back from doing wickedness. Wow. Who's doing this evil? The prophets of God. Eddie Long in that crowd. You know, standing up in the church and having sexual relationships with with boys in his church. What is he doing? He's he's strengthening the hands of the evildoers. He's pushing the people into adultery. Adultery is a is having a commitment with God, but at the same time embracing the things of the world. But God God says, do not be a friend of the world because a friend of the world is an enemy to God. That's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. But we as a church, Amen. we look like the world. We look like the world. And they strengthen the hands of the evildoers. Most of these pastors out there talking about vote for Barack Obama. And Barack Obama is an agent, the Manchurian candidate 
of the power elite in America who's moving us away from Judeo-Christian heritage. And it's the black pastors who are lifting him up. Why? Because he's black. They don't care about his policies. They don't care about what the man stands for. He's black. We're in, we're in deep trouble. Deep trouble. But now, I, I, I believe, I'm saying that we have the community. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not in trouble at all. I'm oh, walking I with Jesus. I, I'm yeah. not in trouble, man. I, it's going to go well with me. I'm all right. You know what? I, I don't even fear anymore. You know, I was upset, and I'm not upset anymore because God said, don't be upset. He tells Jeremiah, don't even pray for him. He said, Jeremiah, if you pray for him, I'm going to put on you what I put on them. Don't mm. pray. You know, God is saying that we're not even supposed to be praying for our nation right now. You know what I'm praying for? I'm praying for Christians. I'm praying for wow. the church. I'm praying for God's people. I'm not praying for America anymore. Not that's anymore. enlightening. That, that's that's enlightening right there. We're finished. We're finished. We're done. I'm praying for God to protect his people and provide for his people as we go through this collapse that's about to happen in the next six months. Our economy is going to go kerplop. There you have it, folks. I mean, hey, you know, it is what it is. You can believe what you want to believe. Let me let me ask you this. I, I'll let you go here in just a second, Pastor Bro, and I'm sorry. I'm a little, we're a little bit over, but uh, I just want to ask you, and, and I and I hate to go here with with politics because I'm so sick of it. I don't know what to do. But uh, wh- what do you see this presidential election? Uh, wh- what's your prediction on this on this election? And uh, I also want to ask you a little bit about the Iran Iraq uh, Israel conflict that we have going on as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this election is, is kind of a strange time for us. I, I honestly believe that. I heard Father Pavone. I don't know if you know who Father Pavone is. He's with Priest for Life, and uh, he's for Priest for Life, and he's involved in the, in the, life for, the fight for life. And uh, he said to one of his, uh, uh, a lady who was Catholic, that came up and, and asked him, "What you know? What do we do? We got a Mormon, and then we got this guy over here is a, is a, a, a Islamic, is, is more of a, a Muslim than he is a Christian, and." and what do we do as Christians? How do we vote? That was a good question. Here's how Father Propone answered that I thought was was very uh, provocative. He said this. He said, look, we got a train that is running headlong into a, a crash. If it goes left, it will destroy the entire train and everybody on it will die. If we can turn it to the right, uh, it will crash, but it will not kill as many people. Only a few people will die. Which way will you turn? He said, I'll turn right. She said, vote for the lesser of two evils, and that's all we have. Mitt Romney at this point is the lesser of two evils. I do believe that both of them will, will maintain a path. If we get Barack Obama again, it's a fast, a fast path to socialism and the destruction of this nation. If we go towards Mitt Romney, it's more incremental and gradual. And if he keeps his word, and I don't know whether he will or not, and if he repeals Obamacare and continues to fight for defunding of Planned Parenthood, it's worth the vote. Uh, and, and when I look at the Republican platform, it is a platform of life because Christians constructed that platform. Mm-hmm. Christians constructed that platform. It's a platform of life. Compare the two, the Democratic platform and the Republican platform. The Republican platform uh, supports the sanctity of marriage, sanctity of life, and repealing Obamacare. The other platform doesn't want to even acknowledge God, and they want same-sex marriage. They want to continue to kill babies, and so forth and so on. So uh, that's how I look at it. You know, I've early voted, and I voted straight ticket when I voted. And it really? wasn't for the Democrats. 
<laughs> I don't like that straight ticket vote, Pastor Bro. Not nah, man. Uh, we don't we have got, any other choice, man. We got we too much of that choice. mess. I'm I'm sick of straight. I wish straight ticket could go away. <laughs> I do too. I wish they would ban it. But look, if you don't vote straight ticket, if if you don't, if <laughs> and this is what the mantra is in Dallas here. Uh, if you can't vote for a person you don't know uh, down the ticket and you want to go through individually, then you're going to get the Democrat you don't want. Mm. You can't vote straight ticket Republican. You're going to get a Democrat you don't want because all Democrats vote straight ticket. Wow. All of them. I can't refute that, man. I, <laughs> yeah, I wish I could Republican. refute that, but I can't. I, there's nothing I can say about that. I cannot. It's the, it's the Republicans, man, who are out there saying, well, you know, I don't know him. I can't vote for him. They're going down, picking to the, you know, and the, I, my daughter works at the polls. She said, Daddy, every black person that came in said, I'm voting straight ticket. It, straight ticket. They, I said, they don't even know who's down the ticket. They don't know who's who. Who's running for judge? None of that. You know, because they voted straight ticket, we got a gay sheriff in Dallas, and we had a gay constable in Dallas because these brothers and sisters voted straight ticket, don't even know. And Christians voted for them and put them in office, put them in office. So you better vote straight ticket. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you don't, if you can't vote for somebody you don't know on that side, you're going to get a Democrat you don't want. <laughs> but on Israel, Israel and the uh, United States, um, I, I, I really believe uh, here again is another indicator, another sign. The Bible says that when it came time for the end, Israel will be standing by herself. That's what the Bible says. She will have no support. Right now, the two nations in the world that support her are Great Britain and the United States. The United States is, is turning slowly away from her, and Great Britain is facilitating the turn in America. Oh, yeah. So they're standing. Uh, eventually, Israel's going to be standing by herself. I believe if Israel attacks Iran, Iran. Mm-hmm. in in February, March of next year, if you remember, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu drew that, that line on Obama says right yeah. here. He says, I yeah. believe when they get to this point here, we got to act for yeah. our own self interest. We got to act, and uh, and if we get Barack Obama, he's not going to support when they act. If we get Mitt Romney, he may support. So anyway, the point is this. It's another sign, another indication as to where we are spiritually and where we are on God's prophetic time clock. Look, there is an eschatological time clock ticking, and it's ticking towards the seven years of tribulation that God prophesied that will take place. Three and a half years of false peace and three and a half years of hell like this world has never seen before. We're headed towards that. Here's the blessing for us. Here's the hope, the blessed hope of the believer. The blessed hope of the believer is this, that the trumpet of God will sound and the dead in Christ shall rise and we who remain shall be caught up. It's called the rapture to meet him in the air and we will escape the seven-year tribulation. We will escape it in Jesus' name. Wow. There it is, folks. I I, I won't keep you any longer, Pastor Bruno. You just killed right. it right there. That was, that was that's the perfect cutoff point right there. But I'm you know what? I'm definitely gonna have you back um sometime. I'll try to get with you and get your schedule together. And uh also I'll get Nikki to, to contact you and uh we'll try to send you a little gift there, man, because I definitely appreciate you taking the time to, you know, come on my, the show my, my and, and share with you. us. Uh, it's my pleasure to be with you. I don't think this is an accident at all. I think God pre planned this so that your listeners who are listening at this time, who may be on the periphery of the faith, will take serious their faith walk 
and press in. This is a time to press into our relationship with our God because he is going to be the only salvation that we have. Better get that salvation right, folks, man. Stand on God's word. As, as Pastor Broden said, all we got is to look to God and, and ask God for favor and ask God to stand in the gap as we try to express our feelings and these truths to people who believe like we believe but don't do like we do. Pastor Broden, thanks for coming through the show, my brother. Be blessed, be blessed, and, and much love to you and yours. Thank you, sir. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. All right, you have a good evening as well. That's Pastor Stephen Broder, man. You guys check him out. He's an exceptional warrior. When I say warrior, I mean warrior for Christ. This man has been all over. The things he has done for the pro-life community is uncanny. It's amazing that, you know, he's he's in Dallas right now. I I don't know where Pastor Broden is originally from. But uh, it's amazing that the views that we share with people who we don't know from from far across this country, and not speaking on Pastor Broden, we, we know him, but I'm, I'm talking about people that we interact with, that we encounter, who we've never met ever before in our lives, and and we have the same spiritual word. Those people are confirming. You know, when you meet people on social media, when you meet people at a, at a supermarket or at an airport, you know, people who are not even from the same area as you are. When you when you really start having conversations with people, and then you understand that they believe like you believe and they share some of the things that they think is, is coming up or some of the things that has happened that that's not really common knowledge. I don't know about you guys, but I'm experiencing that a lot. And to me, that's confirmation. So, you know, I, I only say that to say this, man. Don't be afraid to speak out on what you stand on. Don't be afraid to stand for God for, for all things. And, you know, don't be afraid to just to, to be a – yeah, I know people call it, I know it might sound crazy, but they, people call it super Christian, man. Don't be afraid to be a super Christian, man. It is what it is. You know, we all have our faults. We all have our trials. We all have our tribulations. We all do things that people may view not right, or we might not even view it as right. But you know what? Those things we can fix. God knows our heart, and it's not only about your heart. Don't get it twisted. As my brother Rashad says all the time, it's not only about your heart. It's about your actions as well. You can't be out here acting inappropriately. Just because you, your heart's right. You know, yeah, God knows your heart, but he sees your actions. So, you know what? Let's tighten up on those actions. Let's get our heart right. Let's interact with people. Let's share our love. Let's share that knowledge. Let's spread love and spread that knowledge. And uh, also spread KRP Radio. <laughs> spread love to us. Show us some love. Folks, that's it for this evening, man. Short hour. We're going to have another show in the middle of the week. It will be on Wednesday. We will be having another show. And, um... Election season, folks, I'm not trying to tell you guys who to vote for, but all I can tell you guys is vote with your Christ-like principle. Look at these platforms. Look at the things that we have been been through. Look at the things that these candidates stand up for or these candidates believe in. And, you know, let, let that guide your vote. Let that guide the way that you're going to interact. Let that guide the way that, that you tell other people they should vote. Let that guide your actions, folks. For me and everybody at KRP Radio, man, I appreciate you guys rocking with your boy Pudgy at KRP Radio Show is the uh, Twitter at NC Pudgy. That's me on Twitter as well. We're also on Facebook. That's facebook.com backslash KRP Radio Show. And, uh, you know, you guys 
all I can tell you, all I can tell you is to reach out, man. Don't don't be afraid to reach out to folks. Don't be afraid to interact with people who don't look just like you. You know that that's a huge part of it. Don't be afraid to reach out to people who might intimidate you. To reach out to people who don't seem like they they live like you do. You know, just because people make you uncomfortable, the, the reason a lot of people make you uncomfortable is because you're just not familiar with how they get down or familiar with their life. So, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to these people, man. Don't be afraid to, you know, say hello and, and show these folks some love. So, anyway, I'm past my time, man. For everybody at the KRP Radio Show, thanks for listening in tonight. Don't forget, we're coming on Wednesday with the special broadcast on Wednesday night. Rosie on the right will be with me. We're going to talk about a whole lot about this campaign, political campaigns that are going on. The left, the right, the media. You know, we're going to really go in on Wednesday night. So make sure you guys tune in with us. Thanks for listening to the KRP Radio Show. Remember this, man, and I challenge you guys. Open your mouth and say hello to a stranger. And remember, God is love. Love is God. Thanks for rocking with your boy Pudgy. KRPRadioShow.com, the number one black conservative talk radio show, southeastern United States, man. We are single digits away from six million. See you guys on Wednesday. Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real. Only gon' recognize, still, still. I reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. I go for mine, I get the shine. Now throw your hands.